It's All Access with LMU Baseball head coach Nathan Choate. I'm your host, Jonathan Grace. Each week, Coach Choate will take lines behind the scenes of the LMU Baseball program, talk about page magic, and upcoming events with the team. Coach, as always, great to have you along with us. Great to see you. Thanks. And today we've got a special guest on the podcast, LMU catcher Alec Cargan. Alec, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on here. Absolutely a pleasure. LMU Athletics would like to thank University Credit Union for bringing you today's episode of All Access. University Credit Union is a proud supporter of the Lions family, and you can visit your local University Credit Union at ucu.org. Alec Cargan is a name you've probably heard a lot on this podcast, and if you're a fan of LMU baseball, you know why. He's a catcher that's come into this program in his first year after four successful years of college baseball already, and he's become an immediate impact and a leader on this team. Today, I sit down with Alec and head coach Nathan Choate to talk about establishing yourself as a leader on a college baseball team, what it takes to quickly adjust to a new pitching staff, and how to be just as efficient on both offense and defense over the course of the same game. All that and more on today's episode of All Access, and trust me, you don't want to miss it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with head coach Nathan Choate and LMU catcher Alec Cargan. So, coach, since last time we spoke, their LMU has played USC, USF, uh, and then there was a game against Pepperdine that was canceled. So, Coach, I'll start off today talking about the game against USC. LMU took down the Trojans earlier in the season in a a longer-than-normal game, but fell short last week, losing by just one run. Uh, You know, this game saw more pitchers than I think I've ever seen in a college baseball game on both sides. USC had seven guys on the mound. You guys threw in nine each pitching for one inning. Uh, No one for the Lions threw more than than 23 pitches. Was this strategic or tactical or just out of necessity? You know, it was uh, with it being Easter week and us playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was a quicker turnaround, so we had discussed it um, with the with the pitching staff and as a coaching staff that each guy was just going to go an inning uh, to make them available for the weekend and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it worked out well. I thought our guys did a really good job. Um, we had some chances offensively. I thought we were better on the mound. You know, we obviously didn't get the result we wanted, losing four to three, um, but I thought the the guys did a good job overall. Do you think it helped having all those pitchers to kind of throw USC off pace a little bit? Yeah, I, I think as a hitter, you know, you'd like to see a guy multiple times so you feel more comfortable. You know, every time you're coming up for a new at-bat, you're seeing a right-handed guy or a left-handed guy, different. he has different pitches, different stuff. You may only see a couple pitches, and then it's the next guy. So, yeah, I don't think – that'd be a great question for Alec, too, as good a hitter as he is. I think, you know, the more times you can see, it, see a, a pitcher, the advantage goes to the hitter. Well, like USC threw in seven pitchers that game, as we mentioned, you know, was that a, a difficult adjustment for you uh, when, when you came up to bat? Yeah, I think Choate uh, said it best right there. Um, that's the thing when you have any of those staff days where there's just a bunch of arms going is you can't really ever communicate to the other guys like this guy's got this sort of pitches or that kind of thing. You, you just have to kind of get up there with the mentality of I'm going to try and beat this guy in this one at bat and then hopefully get him or else I'm going to have to face someone else. So. Yeah, it does make it challenging as a hitter. Well, as a catcher as well, on the other side, you had to adjust to multiple guys coming in. Nine different pitchers in a ball game is is quite a lot. What was that adjustment like for you um, between innings? Well, actually, for me that night, I was DHing. Um, so Evan Leibel had the privilege of getting to deal with that. But for me, it was just I told him, just try and focus on what you can give the pitchers. Put your emphasis on what they need, because when it is one of those staff days, a lot of times those guys are getting out there and trying to uh, establish themselves for some roles and some more pitching time. So um, 
a big thing in catching those games is just trying to be what the pitcher needs each time we bring a new guy out there. Well, how crucial is that for you, whether you're you're physically in the game or if you're DHing and giving advice uh, to, to, to Libel who's catching? You know, how important is that warm-up period to kind of get comfortable with the pitcher who's who's come in? Uh, yeah, that's that's big, and that's one of those things that, like we said, with hitting in those big staff days, it's, uh, it's a little more challenging because there is that sense of comfort after I've uh, had a couple innings to catch a guy that we start really working together well. And when you have just one inning, it's crucial that when they come in, you you have them establish some, some of their best pitches and warm-ups so that you can feel comfortable with that inning. So, Coach, we'll go back to you. Uh, the team then went on to play USF. You went 0-3 against the Dons, but you kept it close pretty much the whole way. Uh, and, you know, Coach Josh Agnew got his first start in over a year last Thursday uh, to open up that series. He came in and pretty quickly put away two of the 19 batters he faced. Just talk us through his night a little bit. Yeah, I thought the first couple innings he was really good. Um, got ahead and counts. We were pounding guys in with his fastball. Um, you know, I think it was the fourth inning um, where he, he struggled a little bit. He, he got behind in some counts a little bit and didn't land some of his off-speed pitches. And, and a couple balls got elevated. And you know, tip your cap to USF. You know, they made they made them pay. They got some swings. Um, so we ended up losing four to three. And and you know, that was the inning that they scored. But it was not for a lack of effort or anything like that by Josh. It just you know that's baseball, right? You get behind in some counts and, and you leave some balls up and. And like I said, you got to tip your cap to them. I thought I thought they outplayed us all weekend. Um, we played okay at times, but we just didn't play good enough. We made some mistakes, and you know we, we just got to keep going forward, keep moving forward. Do you think some of that down the stretch may have been just some some you know first start in a while jitters? We'll call them for for Josh. Yeah, you know I think maybe the approach, you know, being a starter versus a reliever, um, he would never make an excuse. I know him, uh, but I, you know it is his first start in over a year. And getting into that fourth inning, maybe trying to do too much. Uh, we had just scored some runs, and, and you know, all of a sudden, you give up a hit here or there, and, and, and you start trying to be a little bit perfect with your with your pitches. Um, but I, yeah, I do think that that probably had something to do with it. Um, but excited to see him bounce back this week because I do know that our team is really excited when he's on the mound, right? Like that, I, I, you can just see the vibe. All of the guys know that you're going to get going to get his best effort. Um, so excited to see him this weekend. And Alec, I'll throw it to you. You know, what is it like from your perspective? Obviously, you haven't been in the program for a, a ton of time, but long enough to know the kind of pitcher that Josh is. What is it like to catch for him? No, I definitely enjoy it because I think he, more more than some other guys, is, has command of all three of his pitches. So he's able to throw uh, three pitches for strikes in any count. And that's a big thing. But more than anything, he just competes up there. He's come into some big situations. I mean, his first outing was against Utah and we were in a really tight spot and he didn't necessarily have his stuff that night, but I noticed that he was able to work through it. And anytime I feel like I have a guy on the mound that can just work through difficulties and just compete, I'm pretty comfortable and happy to catch him. So definitely excited to catch him this weekend again. Well, we're certainly looking forward to watching it as well. And Alec, we'll go back to talking about your offense. You started off the series against the Dons and pretty much the best way anyone can hope for with a home run. And you continued that momentum. Game two, you had a triple. Game three, you had a double. Uh, two runs on the weekend as well. What was the key to your consistency behind the plate? Um, well, the big thing that we're talking about is just trying to win pitches and put the ball in play. And sometimes when when the team starts to press a little bit, you try to put too much pressure on yourself to have the big hit. And 
um, I was just trying to simplify things and win some pitches and I got myself into some better counts. And as a result, I got some pitches I could handle and I wasn't trying to do too much with the ball. I was trying to keep my swing short. And luckily for me, that's what works and, uh, just ran into some balls. So do you think your understanding of a pitcher and their mentality by being a catcher kind of helps you in your offensive prowess in, in ways? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I've caught a lot of innings, so I know, um, some of the ways that people will try to pitch, but more than anything, I've also just had a fair share of at bats throughout my career. So I know, um, how people are going to pitch me because it does really change for the hitter. So I know what people are trying to do to me and I'm trying to just put my strengths on the field by sticking to what I do best rather than playing to a pitcher's strengths. Well, defensively, you were really strong as well. You had 20 total putouts against the Dons over the weekend. You know, on the season, you're fielding 99%. You know, how is it that you're able to manage and balance this offensive prowess and defensive prowess? Well, um, a big thing for me is that I I put my defense first because I know that um, hitting will always be one of those things where you're going to see a lot of uh, failure, just how it goes naturally. But one thing I want to always be able to hang my hat on is helping the team to win by just being um, a simple and reliable catcher back there. And right now I'm not necessarily super pleased with my catching just because I'm, I'm getting run on a little bit more than I would have liked to. But um, even if I am not necessarily throwing guys out, I want to be the guy that the pitchers can rely on to keep the ball in front of me and just get them strikes and that sort of thing. So I just, I put my focus on being what the pitcher needs behind the plate. And how do you go about doing that? And as you said, also kind of working on some of those things that you want to progress in during the course of a season. Well, that, that a lot of that comes uh, from just experience because when you're a younger player and things start to speed up on you, the tendency is to focus on what you're struggling with and uh, like what you need in the moment. But one of the things that I've learned throughout my career is, first of all, that's a recipe for disaster because when you start thinking about yourself like that, it becomes less about the team and more about yourself and you you start to tense up. But when I put my focus on others and specifically the pitcher, it definitely helps take the pressure off me and I can be more for them. And then that just loosens me up and allows me to play more confidently. And does that kind of make your job a little bit more difficult with such a large pitching staff here at LMU? Uh, no, I think that was a big focus of the fall. And it, it was definitely tough in the fall, but I caught so many bullpens and we just played so frequently that by the time the season rolled around, I definitely felt like I was completely comfortable with this staff as a whole. And coach, I'll kind of turn to you and ask you a similar question. Do you think that longer offseason due to COVID-19 and, and the delays in the season there kind of helped get Alec up to speed? Or, you know, is that just something that he kind of naturally does well as a player? Uh, you know, I, I think some of the sacrifices that he made coming over, coming, you know, from the East Coast, not knowing if we we're going to have a fall, he kind of rolled the dice, but he knew the importance of it. Um, I think it definitely pay, is paying off now because, like you said, the work that he put in in the fall, you know, a couple of things is he, he has a ton of pride in catching, right? And I think that's one of the reasons he's really good at it, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is he's got a ton of pride in it. And then, you know, the catching position is a very unselfish position. You have to put others first. And I thought the answer that he just gave about, you know, pouring yourself into others and, and, and how you can help the pitcher instead of making it about yourself I mean, that's a that's why he's a winner. That's why he's been successful. I mean, my only regret is I wish we would have got him in here as a freshman. Right. We only get him for a year. But uh, I think just like listening to him talk, he's very self-aware of who he is as a player. He takes a pr- ton of pride in, in catching. And, you know, he's one of the, you know, the last guys to leave. Always catching bullpens. Last night, 
you know, um, you know, we had a bullpen and he had caught a bunch of scrimmage innings earlier in the day and he stuck around to catch his maybe ninth bullpen of the day yesterday. And it was Josh Agnew. And, and, you know, I think that respect and that relationship between pitcher and catcher, that just shows you everything you need to know about him and how much he pours himself into others. And, and I think that's why he gets rewarded by the game, how he goes about it. So. And Alec, I'd love to know from your perspective, how did you start to develop this kind of selfless mindset as a catcher? Uh, well, a lot of failure and a lot of just playing the game. It just like you learn from playing the game. And I've been doing this for four plus years now at the collegiate level and just summer ball and catching so many innings, you figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And maybe that approach to it doesn't necessarily work for others, but I just found that that's what helps me the best is like slowing the game down by putting my emphasis, my focus on others. So. And coach, you mentioned that we only have the pleasure of, of having Alec here at LMU for one season. And I want to talk about him coming into this program. You know, he played four very successful years before this at the collegiate level. What was it about Alec in your eyes that really made him a good fit for this program? The, the things that his coaches at, at his former college, um, sp- the things that they said about him, how they spoke about him, his makeup, his character, you know, we saw on video the skill set. Right? He's obviously a very talented young man. Um, he can hit. He's a catch, good catcher, receives the ball well, blocks well, has a good arm. Um, but I think it was those intangibles, his character, his makeup. They raved about him and how much he's grown in their program. And I, I think, you know, we're obviously the benefit of it. You know, we're getting the benefit from all of the things he learned in that program. And we're we're really appreciative. But I they, they raved about him. Um, and so that was kind of what pushed us over the edge on that. And Alec, I'll throw kind of a similar question to you. What was it about Coach Choate, his staff, and, and LMU as a whole that really drew you in? Well, first of all, um, when I was talking to coaches in the recruiting process, when I entered the portal, a lot of a lot of guys seemed like they were recruiting me strictly for tools. But it seemed like with Choate and the whole coaching staff, they were recruiting for my personality, they wanted a guy that could come in and lead. And I feel like personally, when I have the opportunity to lead others, that's when I am myself the most. And I'm not necessarily like the loudest guy or gonna like speak in front of the team like consistently or anything. But I feel like when I have the opportunity to kind of take guys under me and share with them things I've learned along the way, that's when I feel my most comfortable. And that's when I got to that point this year where I started feeling like I had earned the respect from my peers is when I really felt like my my play could free up and I could really be myself on the field. And that really helped me. So like I said, it was basically just the feeling I got from the coaching staff that they and the other thing I noticed was they were completely honest with me, too, on the phone. Other coaches were um, just hyping me up and like telling me all the things they did. They thought I did great. And with uh, these coaches, they all told me things that they saw that they could help me improve on. And I, and my mind is kind of drawn towards that because I always want to grow more. And when they, they were saying things that they could see that they wanted to help me with, I was like, yeah, this is a really good fit for me. Well, Alec, you mentioned leadership, and I definitely want to talk about that for a moment. You know, through recording this podcast throughout the season, I've gotten the chance to speak with obviously Coach Choate, but six of your teammates as well. And all six of them have have mentioned your name as an influence and a leader on this team. And, you know, just speaking with you today, it's pretty clear why. How have you gone about coming into this program and really pretty immediately establishing yourself as a leader? Um, Well, I think the thing I did and 
this has helped me basically whenever I'm the new guys, I kind of just put my head down and keep quiet and work. I don't try to come off too strong or try to be this big leader right off the bat. I just try to establish consistency with what I do. And I try to be the same guy every day so that people know they can kind of rely on me. And that consistency, I guess, just um, rubs off on people. So they realize they can trust me. Something that Josh Agnew mentioned last time he was on the podcast is that people can kind of expect, uh, you, you know, they know what to expect rather when he comes up to the mound. Do you feel like that mentality rings true for you as well? People know what to expect when you go in and catch for him? Yeah, I think, I think I've earned that uh, reputation around here um, through all the countless bullpens and all that stuff leading into the season. I just, that, that was my main goal was not to be too flashy or anything, but just show that I'm going to be the same reliable catcher for these guys every day that they can trust because I was coming in to fill a role for one year and I wanted to do that to the best of my ability. So I wanted them to believe in me. And coach, I'll, I'll toss a similar question to you. You know, what do you think it is about Alec? You know, you mentioned his character, obviously his talent that has really helped him come in and, and lead this team right away. Two things, his maturity and his accountability. I think he's really grown as a person. I think he knows who he is as a player and he's identified what works for him and what doesn't work. And then the accountability. I mean, it, it's funny. There's certain players that when, when he makes a mistake, cause he's human and guys make a mistake, I don't even really need to say anything because he's harder on himself than I ever could be. Right. And so when you have player led accountability like that, you kind of just kind of, step back and when he makes a mistake he'll walk by me and he'll he'll say what the mistake is and he's like yeah okay well go get him next time right and so I, I think those two things um he, he really help him find success do you think that level of self-awareness is pretty common at this level of baseball or is that something that really sets Alec apart it sets him apart it, it is not that common I think um it you know especially with the the way kids come up today with travel ball and it's a little different than it was in the past um you know sometimes when you criticize someone it it hurts right the first time that you you struggle or you're criticized that that hurts a little bit and so i think you know he's so accountable um it just i think it's unique and, and i think it's one of his strengths so, Alec, obviously, there's a lot of young pitchers on this team, and we talked already about starting to adjust to a new pitching staff, but how do you, as an older, more experienced player, go about you know, not only kind of coaching and helping some of these younger guys come up, but also at the same time adjusting yourself to their pitching style? Well, yeah, that was a big factor for me this, this fall was learning who I need to be their friend and who I can bark at a little bit and maybe try to fire him up. And I, I definitely feel like I have a pretty good idea now of who I can do either of those things with and like what they respond to best. And that, that was more than like any physical adjustments that needed to be made was just understanding like their personalities. And it was kind of hard because we didn't really get to spend a lot of time off the field together. There was like a select few that I was able to see, but with restrictions from COVID and stuff, it, it was definitely all on the field that I had to learn their personalities. So since some of them were a little more quiet than others, it, it took a little longer, but yeah, that was basically it. How did not really being able to hang out with some of those guys after practice or after games change your approach in terms of getting up to speed with them? Well, uh, it was definitely a challenge because I'm not like immediately 
the most the I don't come out of my shell immediately. So like it was definitely like I had to suck up my pride and be able to talk to guys that like maybe it would have taken me a little longer to just because I was like, well, this is my three hours of the day that I get to actually be with these guys. So I'm going to have to not be shy for a second and get to know them, you know. And coach, do you think having a more experienced player like Alec come in, even if it's just for a year, has really helped some of these younger players uh, on the mound? Absolutely. I think it's helped the younger catchers as well that see his work ethic and how he goes about it. And without question, he has helped tremendously with some of these, those young pitchers, you know, so without question. Well, Alec, you mentioned that sometimes it takes you a little while to come out of your shell. You mentioned that sometimes you're, you're not always the loudest guy to, to give a speech. How would you describe your leadership style on this team? Um, I definitely put a lot of emphasis on like leading by showing like what I do on a daily basis. Like I, like I said earlier, I try to be the same guy every day and I try to uh, just work really hard. Um, I like to be at the field early and stay late if I have to, but I just, I want to show guys the right way to go about their business and that being talented isn't just enough because everyone at this level is talented. So I want to show them that, um, working extra real, will really get you places. And then more than anything, I like to just have conversations with guys, um, like one-on-one -on -one whenever I get the chance and just give them little bits of the things I've picked up on throughout my career, because I think, since I am only here for one year, there's only so much I can do in that one year, but what I can do for like the leading years to come might have even more of an impact. So that's why I try to share with them like the things I've picked up on. Well, that actually leads really perfectly into my next question with you only being here for one year. How are you ensuring that, you know, some of your legacy and some of the things that you're passing on to these younger guys really sticks with the program over years to come? Well, yeah, I think just, um, like I said, it's a, it's a culture thing and trying to like leave this place heading in the right direction. Like there was a good culture when I got here, but it's a young team. And when it's a really young team, things can like go one way or another. So me and guys like Julian and Kenny, like we, and, uh, Matt Volker, we try to like establish things to be done a certain way so that when we leave, they'll continue to be done that way. And Coach, do you feel that this is kind of a mindset that's permeated through the team, especially with some of these older guys? You mentioned, you know, Julian and Kenny, uh, to really set this team up for success in the future, even after they're gone? Without question, I think it shows what kind of people they are. Um, they're very unselfish, both him and Julian. You know, it's not an easy thing to go from the East Coast and, and come into a new program and, and learn and fit in and then take as much pride in how you go about it and then trying to leave that program at a better place than you found it. Um, I think it's a rare thing. I, I think I know for a fact, both Julian and Alec will be super successful in life. Um, Alec should be playing Pro Bowl next year, but regardless of where they end up in five or 10 years, I guarantee they will be successful in life. Just listen to how he, how he talks about others and how he empowers others and makes others around him better. Um, you know, super, super fortunate to have those guys, even if it's only here for a year they're going to leave the program in a better place than they found it just by their presence and how they go about their daily work. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, like I said earlier, it's, it's clear, Alec, just in, in how you're, you're speaking and just watching your play. Not only are you a tremendous player, but a very high character guy as well. It's been a blast watching you here at LMU. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Of course. 
So, guys, let's move on to speaking about um, the Pepperdine game that was canceled. Obviously, um, you know, I'm sure there was a little bit of disappointment in not being able to play the Crosstown rival, but uh, the game was scheduled for yesterday and the game was postponed due to COVID-19 related issues in the Pepperdine ball club. And interruptions and schedule changes have been a pretty big part of the season for most teams in the country. But, you know, knock on wood, not really for you guys. You know, how has that been? Have you guys just been extra vigilant, kind of keeping in these regulations and making sure that COVID-19 doesn't become a stoppage point for this team? I think it's been a combination of making some sacrifices and trying to make good decisions. I think there's some luck that's involved. You know, I, I'm not going to accuse other programs of not being as cautious as us. I, I think just sometimes when you have interactions with other people, um, you know, you don't know where they've been. And so I think it's just a combination. I think our guys have done a good job of, of trying to minimize, you know, interacting with other people. But I do think there's an element of luck that goes with it as well. So, And Alec, you know, throwing a question to you, do you feel like the lack of interruptions and the fact that you guys have been able to have a pretty consistent unchanged season has actually been helpful in the development of this team? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, playing is always better than not playing. And um, I think a lot of guys saw that and understood that. So we have made a lot of sacrifices. And whenever we would start to get away from like that and start hanging out too much and all that, uh, the coaches held us accountable. So um, I think we just recognize that it's way more important to continue playing because baseball is one of those things that when uh, when it's going, you got to keep it going and just push through things. So if we were to have to stop right now, that that'd be pretty hard on us. And coach, we've spoken a lot on this podcast this season about momentum and how important it is not only in college baseball, but specifically for LMU. Do you think having a largely interrupted season has helped LMU kind of continue that momentum, continue that development through the course of the season? Yeah, I mean, we're not playing great baseball, right? But like Alex said, anytime you play, you learn things about yourself, whether you're successful or not. And I think some of those things down the road will help the fact that we're continuing to play. Um, so anytime we have a shot to continue playing, that's a good thing. Um, but we obviously need to get back to, to playing good quality baseball. Uh, we're, we're struggling a little bit as a team. We're trying to find our way. That's not a that's not a big secret to anybody. We just got to keep fighting through it. That's that's what we that's what we're doing. So. You mentioned a few weeks ago that you can start to feel when a team, you know, comes out of a slump and it looked like there was a, a little bit of a glimmer of hope during the Gonzaga series. You know, is there anything in this team that you're noticing at the moment that that makes you excited and it makes you feel like, you know, things are turning around? You know, this has been a tough probably four or five days, I think, for this group. Um, we've talked about adversity and, and how we respond to adversity. Um you know, this weekend, I'm really interested to see how we play. You know, do we do we go out there? Do we have fun? Do we free it up? Um, so, you know, we did not practice today. We weren't weren't able to practice today. So I don't have a great feel. I'll have a better feel after tomorrow's training. You know, you kind of get a good vibe of being out there. So I'll have a better answer for you tomorrow. Unfortunately, we won't be talking tomorrow. <laughs> Well, Alec, I'll ask you the same question. You know, do you start to kind of have an inkling as a player of, you know, when things are about to turn around for a team? Yeah, and I, I think uh, we are getting to that point where things are just going to turn around because it's been one of those things where early on, um, like maybe the bats were picking up the arms or vice versa. And recently it's just been like a combination of both. And that happens in baseball. But I do believe that we are still a very good team and that we're going to turn it around because there's been a lot of talk about mindset and believing in ourselves. So 
I think that's really all we can do is focus on what's right in front of us. And that's Friday night. So um, we can't really dwell on the past too much. We just got to keep moving forward. Well, you mentioned it there. Friday is the start of a three-game series against San Diego. And we'll be watching along. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And before we sign off today, we'd like to say a huge thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Thank you to the LMU baseball program and head coach Nathan Choate for allowing us to bring you this podcast each week. Our KXLU station manager is Lydia Amasso, and our executive producer is Alexis Harris. And if you want to stay up to date with all things LMU baseball, you can follow at LMULionsBSB on Instagram and Twitter to see what the Lions are up to this season. You can also get an exclusive look into the LMU baseball program by listening in right here on 88.9 FM KXLU each Tuesday at 6 p.m. or on lmulions.com slash podcasts to relive each episode anytime. And Lions, thank you for joining us for All Access with Nathan Choate. Join us next week as Coach Choate continues to take you behind the scenes with the LMU baseball program. I've been your host, Jonathan Grace. Until next time, have a great week and go Lions.